Witness insurmountable deficits turn into unforgettable victories at the Travelers Championship, the Northeast's one and only PGA Tour signature event. See Scotty Scheffler, Rory McIlroy, Victor Hovland, Max Homa, Patrick Cantlay, returning champion Keegan Bradley, and other PGA Tour stars in all four days of competition at TPC River Highlands. The excitement tees off June 19th through 23rd. For tickets and information, visit TravelersChampionship.com. The Travelers Championship. There is only one. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings, the final event of the PGA Tour regular season, the Wyndham championship we're going to break down the field look at past course history recent form and guess the odds towards the end plus everything in between like we normally do i do not have the listeners link as of yet hopefully i will have that by monday's show with jeff feinberg and most definitely with wednesday's show with ben raza because tambo is on vacation hopefully anyone who was at the 3m got a chance to meet tambo real good guy so i'm sure it was a great experience if you met him or maybe he's a secret jerk only nice to me and, you know, maybe he, like, gave you a stunner when he saw you. I have no idea what happened. But, hey, good luck to everyone who is in the final running for the Fantasy Golf World Championship, concluding this weekend in Minnesota. I hope it was a good time. DraftKings always puts on a great live product. So, yeah, hope you enjoyed it. Just hanging out on that air-conditioned tent on 18, seeing everyone try to clear the water. It's actually quite a lot of fun at that course. And hopefully Tony Finau can come down from six-pack. Because that's where we stand right now. I'm recording this before the final round of the 3M, but uh, that would be nice. I'd like a nice big payday, and he's the only runner. The one guy I wouldn't have bet coming into the week but had a future on for this event, of course, is by far the best guy that I took all week. Although those, well, the Lee Hodges Saturday didn't happen, which is usually like a 75 or 76. So, I mean, I wouldn't hate Lee Hodges winning. I like Lee Hodges a lot. A guy I've wasted a lot of money on over the years and even popped up in the research show last week. And, of course, I didn't bet him because I'm an absolute goober. But he's a guy that I like. Uh, hopefully he can hold on six shots. A lot of shots. Hopefully, Finau can come back and uh, get this done for my bank account, though. If not, I'd love to see Lee Hodges win. But enough about the 3M. We're talking about the Wyndham Championship. So, sub to the channel, like the episode. Give me your winner down in the description. And the top 70 in tie, or not 70 in ties, the top 70 players in the FedEx Cup standings are going to get their invitation to Memphis to play in the first leg of the FedEx Cup playoffs, the St. Jude. So when we talk about motivation this week, everyone is basically motivated. I heard a few rumblings, and this was from my Golf Digest column. So usually like the audience that I interact with, fans of the show, people in the Twitter space, the Instagram space, whatever, are familiar with, you know, how golf betting works and everything like that. The Golf Digest crowd, when you get the reply guys to that, I don't know if they've ever bet on anything before in their entire lives. So someone told me this week, like, Steven Yeager had to be the play because he was motivated to make the playoffs to play in front of his home crowd. Unlike the other 
155 guys who are only there to make the playoffs and retain their tour card permanently. Well, at least for next year. So I don't really understand what the motivation difference was. I guess the home got to play in front of my hometown guys. You know, that's why I want to make the playoffs, not keeping my tour card. But, you know, I digress. So everyone's going to be kind of in the mix this week, 156 players. Tom Kim not playing because of his ankle injury, so the defending champion is out of this event. So let's just take a quick scroll to see where we sit at the moment in terms of where we sit in the FedEx Cup standings. Uh, well, that's runthesims.com. More on that in a second. But... We can see kind of starting at number 56. Like Hideki is playing this week, uh, and he's going to play at the Wyndham Championships. He's 56. Then you got basically these guys should be safe unless like it really goes poorly, and all the guys from like 71 to 80 end up 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 on the Wyndham leaderboard. But Hideki, Hubbard, Cooch, Keith Mitchell, if he keeps where he's at today, and Aaron Rye should all be about safe. And then you have the final 10 spots currently, and this updates in real time, so this could be a little bit different. By the time you watch the show, guys flop in and out. You know, Cam Davis has a great round, and all of a sudden he's inside the top 70, but he's going to have to fight for a spot regardless. You got Aaron Rye, Ryder, Sam Stevens, Matthew Neesmith. I don't know how Matthew Neesmith is 63rd. I can't remember what he's done this year to get him ahead of some of the other guys. Spawn, Jagger, Norman, Ben Griffin, Bo Hostler, Austin Eckroat, and Ben Taylor. Doesn't it seem like Austin Eckroat has done a whole lot more than Matt Neesmith this year? At least to me, it feels that way. Obviously, I can go look at it on Fantasy National and see what the hell is going on here. Neesmith, how does he sit this high up in the standings? I, I got to figure this out. Uh, well, he hasn't finished better than 23rd since, well, this year. Ah, it's this run. Yeah, so you got to play those jabroni events at the beginning of the year. Ninth at Sanderson Farms, second at the Shriners, ninth at the Zozo, and no finish better than T23 in the subsequent, I don't know, 18 starts. So, yeah, Knights who name say Neesmith. Going to need to have a pretty decent event here to keep it going. On the outside looking in right now, depending on their finish this week, K.H. Lee is 71, Cam Davis, David Lingworth, take me to your leader, Garrick Higo, Davis Thompson, Shane Lowry, who is in action this week, Justin Suh, who will be in action, Justin Thomas is 78th, he will be in action at Sedgefield, S.H. Kim, Adam Scott, who is playing this week at the Wyndham as well, Matt Wallace, Danny Willett, Aaron, well, Aaron Badley currently, where he sits at the 3M Open, is moving up 25 spots. If he falls back a little bit, he's way back. Kevin Yu, who missed a ton of time this year, has a chance to get in if he probably has like a top three finish-ish. What's he at right now? He is at 491.94. Is that right? No, that's his projected total at the moment. So he would have to move up to, let's see here. He'd have to move up to almost 600 points. All right, yeah, so he's close enough. He'd need basically a top three finish in order to get himself in. So these guys, I mean, the pressure's on for a lot of them, but really the bigger names is what we're looking at here because Woodland, Batia, and Chez Revi, for whatever reason, Batia's FedEx points didn't count <laughs> towards, even though he won the Barracuda because it was a co-sanctioned event. He didn't get himself in, so he's back in the field this week after withdrawing from the 3M Open. So this is high competition. I actually like the top 70 in ties because you're getting real guys on the precipice of not making the FedEx Cup playoffs. Uh, we'll see how that ends up going. Big names on the outside looking in. Obviously, everything I do on this show, we run through fantasynational.com for golf. But if you like fantasynational.com, I want to give you a heads up on runthesims.com with 
football coming soon. I just released a sleepers and bus shows this week. Chris Meany joins me in the studio next week for running back rankings and wide receiver rankings. Then we're going to have the Jeff and Tim win total show, and then it's going to be football season. But if you want to prep for the year, whether it be for your fantasy league or for season-long over-unders, runthesims.com preseason is completely free to build out your projections. It's super easy to do. You can go in and customize all the players if you like. Uh, if you don't like a market share for one player, you think one guy's going to be a bust and there's a sleeper on a team, you can go in and edit the entire spreadsheet. You save it, and then boom, you get your projections and rankings that you have created yourself by position. You can download that CVS, bring it to your draft, have it up on your computer screen. Like I said, it is completely free. Just sign in, create create an account, and you'll have access to all of this. Now, the prop tools, the 10,000 simulations in under five seconds for showdown slates, full DFS slates, whatever it might be is a pay product during the season. But right now, it's completely free. See if you like it, and you know, maybe you can win some monies a little bit later on for the NFL season. Let's get to the course. Sedgefield, CC, the biggest comps, uh, as I talk about almost every single season, RBC Heritage and Sawgrass. Uh, so many players that we've seen over the years have been, you know, Wyndham champions and heritage champions, Wyndham champions and Sawgrass champions. Now, if this is a Donald Ross design rather than a Pete Dye design, but uh, short Bermuda track, uh, you need to be relatively accurate off the tee, although it's not super long. It's only 7,131 yards as a par 70 Bermuda grass and the rough from some years can be a little bit daunting. So when we kind of take a look at the holes and shout out to our friends with their non-HD Pro Visualizer flyover because that's all we got this week. I wanted to kind of show you what the course looks like a little bit up on the screen right now, but there's four par threes. The average distance is 202 yards. The two long ones are both over 220 yards and they played as two of the six toughest holes with a bogey or worse rate north of 16%, where the short par threes, both under 180 yards, plays as two as the six easiest holes on the course with an average birdie rate around 20%. 12 par fours and short-ish par fours. Obviously, there's going to be tough ones, but 438 yards is the average. The four toughest holes on the course were all the back nine par fours, three of them coming from holes 10 to 14 in that mix. And then the two par fives, 537 yards, the two easiest holes on the course, both with a sub 10% bogey or worse rate and an eagle rate north of 4% apiece. Hole number five had a scoring average just 0.2 strokes higher than the par four Par for 11th, which was the hardest hole, hardest hole on the course relative to par. So that's what we're looking at here. Some former champs, Kim Kisner, Jim Herman, uh, none of those long hitters. JT Poston, who's having another nice week. He had one at the John Deere, which was really nice. He had one in Scotland. Now he's having another one in Minnesota in Snedeker. Like none of those guys, you would even come close to classifying as bombers. We've also seen Kisner do really well at the RSM. Same as Poston, same as Snedeker, Webb Simpson, someone who plays well at all those courses, has won the Wyndham Championship, lost in a playoff at the RSM, won the Heritage, won the players. So these are really the comp courses that we're looking for the most uh, when we think about it. So let's go on over to fantasynational.com right now and check out the past course conditions. And you, know, you can see 
We'll put that back in the center there. Okay, so Sedgefield CC hitting fairways can be very difficult. The green speeds are really fast uh, by and large. So fast to lightning is what we're looking for. Although they always seem to run on the stimp right around that fast range. So faster than average. Uh, the wind can come and go, but it's usually relatively calm. And you have the rough length, average to long. Almost every single year, it was longer. They they mowed it. Um, I mean, round one last year, it was average, and it just grew out during the week because they they had rain beforehand, uh, and we saw you know medium firmness to soft firmness. So you can take aim at the pins, which makes this an easy to average scoring event. Like you're gonna see. I mean, four of the past five winners have been below 20 under par, uh, but it's more of a meticulous hit the fairway and then just fire away with your irons, like. When we get to, I mean, we can look at it right now, I suppose. We can go to the course breakdown and look at what really plays at this course and its approach. Like, you need to be somewhat accurate off the tee. And guys are very accurate off the tee. It's very easy. You can club down all you want. Driving accuracy, 62% higher than the 61%. So slightly easier than average to hit the fairway. And then the green regulation percentage is up around 73%, where it's 56% at tour average. Scrambling about tour average at 58%. A few more three putts per round at this course. Uh, There's some pretty big greens on the backside. And when the greens roll as fast as this, one slight misstep and boom, you're absolutely eight feet away from the hole. Then you need to make the comeback. We call it Russell Henley syndrome, where he gets into the mix here basically every single year and then like three putts his way out of it. Driving distance is way down because you do not need to hit it as far at this course as you would at other ones. It's just slightly below tour average, but either way. Uh, The cut line the past few years, even last year, minus two, minus two, minus three, minus two, minus two. So last year was a bit of an outlier, although the field is slightly stronger than it's been in the past right now uh, because so many guys are trying to qualify for the tour championship you can see the distribution of holes Uh, there are eight par fours from 400 to 450 yards that kind of tracks with sawgrass that tracks with heritage that tracks with the travelers championship as well just a bulk of par fours in that range so we can see the top 10 guys are averaging almost a stroke per round on approach of the average inside the top 10 over the past five years almost a stroke per round on the greens as well driving just under a half stroke around the green about a quarter of a stroke but if we shrink that down we can see what is leading to more victories all of a sudden it's like 1.1 strokes gained approach per round 1.1 strokes gained putting uh and you're still you know below a half stroke off the tee and you're still around a quarter stroke around the green so that doesn't really change so you need to be somewhat competent in all facets of the game but a lot of the strokes gained off the tee this week will be derived from accuracy over distance where that's kind of the opposite at a lot of courses but then we just take a look at the winners i assume it's going to be approach and putting oh yeah there we go almost 1.5 strokes per round on approach 1.5 strokes putting uh and a little bit more off the tee 0.6 strokes for the winners alone but you know you see how bad we are at picking winners every single week anyway that it's probably best to look at the top 20 top 10 to kind of get you an average of what's going on so approach worth double what driving is worth triple what around the green is and approach and putting are going to be about the same now there's many different ways that you can manufacture that you could be like three you you can gain eight strokes on approach then you probably don't need to pull a tom kim and gain 12 strokes putting or whatever it might be uh you can you know have a little bit less there if you're not quite as dialed in as maybe you were uh in other facets of the game where if you were struggling on approach you'd really need to make it up in other places primarily putting going into it take a look at the history coming in 
to this event. We can take a look at trend lines and we can take a look at recent form at some of these events. See, Sungjae has been very good at this tournament over the past four years. He has probably the most strokes gained total in the field. Uh, Tom Kim obviously won a year ago, but three top tens the past four years, his worst result being a T24. Ben Griffin was fourth in his debut last year. Russell Henley has been top 10 each of the past three years. You can see Chesson Hadley has been top 20 each of the past two. You had McGreevy, Taylor Moore uh, in their debuts, opening with T5s overall. Brandon Wu opened with a T8 in his debut at the tournament. Uh, Jagger ended up in the top 20. Pendrith was T13, as was Davis Riley in their debuts last year. Smalley, T29, T13. I believe that Smalley, I think... I don't want to get this wrong, but I feel like he's the guy who this is home course. He just like kind of knows all the tricks or maybe it's someone with a name close to Alex Smalley. I just remember him jumping on this. I th believe it was him uh, jumping on the scene in 2021. It was like the first time I had really seen him do anything um, on the PGA Tour. So let's see, 2021 playing Corn Ferry, Corn Ferry, played John Deere, then played the Wyndham. Yeah, I think this I think this is him. Uh, he was just immaculate on the greens that week, just knew kind of every break where everything was going to go, and he faltered a little bit in the final round. Uh, but, you know, he had played pretty well, and he's playing pretty decent golf coming in, hit or miss golf, but two top tens in his past four starts, and was getting a ton on approach. Of course, we all played him at the Scottish because he had a top ten the year before at the Scottish, and he promptly missed the cup because, hey, that's what happens when we do this kind of thing. Uh, we put our faith into guys like Alex Smalley, and they absolutely blow it up on us. Let's go back to the tournament history for a moment to take a look at what was going in. If you want a kind of a recap of what happened in 2022, Tom Kim actually trailed John <clears throat> entering Sunday's play, but he picked up six strokes and shot a 61 on route to victory uh, over Sungjae and John Ho, who both came in a tie for second. He gained 12.5 strokes on the green. That was 3.2 better than anyone else in the field and more than double any other tournament in his young career so far. And he opened the tournament with, I believe it was a quadruple bogey. It was either a double or a quadruple on the very first hole and rallied back to win. Kisner won the year before that. Uh, beating in a six-man playoff. So he beat Siwoo and Adam Scott in that. Henley uh, missed his putt to get into that playoff. Webb Simpson and Kevin Streelman. Streelman having a nice week at the 3M as well. Uh, ended up just a shot out of that playoff. He had like Roger Sloan in that playoff. It was a pretty interesting year. We can take a look at that. That was a very fun playoff. And Adam Scott missed his very easy putt, I believe on the first playoff hole, uh, to, to close it out. And you had Brendan Grace, Kevin Noss, the two live guys, Siwoo, Roger Sloan, and Kisner ends up as the winner. Kisner was just very good on approach and putting basically the entire week. Almost did per game plan what we just looked at at the averages of the top five, except he swapped around the green for off the tee in terms of where he was gaining his strokes from. Brendan Grace couldn't miss putting, couldn't drive the ball for shit, but, you know, that's, that's Brendan Grace. You know, we'll all remember the par three at Chambers Bay. Uh, it did not get lucky for old Brennan Grace. Adam Scott, you know, did sort of the, what I talked about too, where you can gain a bunch on approach. You don't need to gain as much on the greens, but was very serviceable around the greens and off the tee that week. Kevin Na, kind of ditto, didn't gain any strokes putting, but 7.1 on approach. You see Webb Simpson couldn't chip and couldn't putt. That's what kept him out of the playoff. Streelman was right along the lines of just having a very balanced 
tournament. And then you had Russell Henley, who didn't do anything with approach, which is really bizarre for him, but gained it everywhere else, where Siwoo was all chipping and putting and gained a few on the greens. Of course, I'm going to bet Siwoo this week because, well, I guess we'll see what his odds are. If they're like 18 to 1, then I'm probably not going to bet Siwoo. But spoiler alert on it, I have him listed at 30 to 1 in my initial guess right now. But that's what happened in 2021. In 2020, the Herminator just comes out of nowhere and ends up beating, sinking, all, I think almost everyone in the world bet Horschel and Siwoo that week. And they came second and third to Jim Herman. He was five back of Horschel entering the weekend. Then went 61-63 and made some of made one of the nicest shots on 18 that I can remember. Uh, 20 of the top 22 finishers that week did finish uh, inside that were like the best from proximity 175 to 200. So keep that in mind. JT Poston uh, the year before that beat Webb Simpson by a stroke. Ben Ann had not, I think it was, he hadn't three putted any hole until like the 70th hole of the tournament. And that basically cost him the victory Four of the top five in strokes gained off the tee finished inside the final six of the leaderboard, neither Poston or Simpson carted around worse than 66, but Poston was 62 on Sunday to steal that win. And then the year before that was Brant Snedeker. I believe he opened with a 60 or 59 that year and just kind of ran away with the tournament, having a nice rebound week, by the way, in Minnesota, so maybe that's something to pay attention to. Ben Ann's been pretty good as of late. Was great in Scotland. Was pretty good at the Open Championship. Maybe this is a redemption story for him. CT Pan was another one. I believe he put it out of bounds to the right on the 71st or 72nd hole. He was kind of running away. It looked like he was in the driver's seat to win this tournament or at least get into a playoff with Snedeker. And, of course, he comes and wins the Heritage the next year out of the gate and the year that Poston won I believe he was second at the Heritage and that was kind of the the lead-in form for him in 2019 we can take a look Heritage he was third I know I am wrong about that he was sixth at the Heritage that year eighth at the Heritage the following year miscut third for him so I think when we take a look at some of the modeling a little bit later on before we go into too much of like, we'll take a look at the overall modeling of what we have and who rates out really well, but then we'll take a look at both Donald Ross designs and we'll take a look at the heritage and players to see if we can find some like Doug Gim. Great form coming in. You can see it right here in terms of the field. Uh, sixth in overall strokes gained over the past 24 rounds. And someone who's played very well at the players championship over the years. So that's pretty interesting to think about uh so it does really seem like there is a direct correlation between those things another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. 
So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Have to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com/slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Taking a look at the field overall, we got some pretty good names uh, because they're fighting for their lives in terms of what we're looking at to try to get into the FedEx Cup playoffs. You got Sungjae, JT, Hideki, Lowry, Burns, and Adam Scott. Denny McCarthy is playing. Siwoo, Aberg, uh, Russell Henley is another one. You can see Ekro, Cole, Doug Gim, Aaron Rye, Vince Norman with his win at the Barbasol, still trying to shore up a lot of those FedEx Cup points. Lucas Glover, Chalk Bomb of the Week. Shout out Tour Junkies on that one. I don't know if they picked him, but he most definitely was a chalk bomb. Ben Ann, Reavy, Hadwin, Hubbard, Siwoo. Uh, who else do we got here? Nikolai Hoygaard trying to make a rally to get himself a PGA Tour card, or at least get himself for sure into, well, the DP World Tour hasn't really been going on, so he needs to accumulate some of those Ryder Cup points if he wants to get close to getting in. Jagger and Pendrith, Woodland and Poston, Burns, as I mentioned, Streelman, Dietrich, Lee Hodges. We'll see if Lee Hodges wins. He might not play next week. Uh... Kevin Yu, Ryan Palmer, Justin Sir, Chris Kirk is in the field. Our guy, Trevor Cohn, had a real bad Saturday. Dylan, woo, coming in hot. Taylor Moore, who we just saw, finished top five at this event a year ago. Davis Thompson and Sungjae, all guys on the outside basically looking in right now or trying to retain some of those FedEx Cup points. Even if you're in that 50 to 70 range, if you have a really good week this week, it makes it a lot easier, based on your performance in Memphis, to get through to the BMW Championship, which is, you know, we're talking about serious money all of a sudden. In the overall stats modeling this week, we can take a scroll down to the Wyndham Championship. Average is what we're looking at right now. So I have approach at 35%, par 4 is 400 to 450 yards at 15%, tee to green overall at 10, which obviously includes part of what we see from strokes gained approach. So a lot of heavy lifting on approach this week. Maybe too much? I don't know, but we'll see. Proximity 150 to 175 is going to be where the plurality of approach shots come from, although we did see 175 to 200 be more impactful over time. Still going to stick with this one. Fairways gained 5%. Par 5s gained 5%. Eagles gained 5%. Putting 5 to 10 feet, putting 10 to 15 feet. I'm going to get rid, since we have Eagles gain, those mainly come from par 5s overall. So I'm going to take that out and put in strokes gained off the tee because I do not have it in right now. I have it as a part of tee degree, and I do have fairways gained in here. But just to list it at 5%, maybe that's something that we can do. I'll get rid of average, and we'll see how the model does this time around. So past 24 rounds, we load in all of those numbers and see who it spits us out. And it's probably going to be a bunch of jabronis. Or maybe it's Hideki or Lowry. I don't know. I'm going to guess like Henley, Horschel. Who else has been really good right now? Poston's been pretty good, although the strokes gained numbers from the Scottish will not be included in this because it's a weird co-sanctioned event. Uh, That should be rectified for next year because I believe at FantasyNational.com, we have just worked out a deal with the European Tour to make sure that we get all of their stats. Aaron Rye is actually number one over the past 24 rounds. So Rye, Gim, Glover, Smalley, Denny McCarthy is the top five. Then it's Siwoo, Henley, Hideki, Shank, and Shez Reevy, then it's Lowry, Hadwin, Ekro, Kirk, Hubba Hubbard, Nate Lashley, Nasty Nate, 
Eric Cole, Karim Talon, then Gary Woodland. It's Gary Woodland, 20th off the tee. For some reason, I thought I still had putting at the very last column, but uh, that's not the case because the best in those two key ranges to make birdies from, Gary Woodland ranks 125th from 10 to 15 foot putting, where more of the birdie putts are going to come from. Uh, and he ranks 133rd from 5 to 10 feet. So looking good, Gary. Putting like me out there. Congratulations. Uh, the best over the past 24 rounds from that range, 10 to 15 feet, Higgs, McCarthy, Suh. Suh and McCarthy have been like by far the best putters in the field along with Adam Long. Even Taylor Montgomery is still kind of doing his thing on the green and sucks at everything else. Like, I guess per, because he puts so well, his par four scoring from 400 to 450 yards is pretty good. Approach, almost dead last. Proximity, almost dead last. Fairways, almost dead last. Bogey avoidance, worse than average opportunities gained so those inside 15 foot birdie opportunities or eagle opportunities 153rd so this is really where he's been lacking over that time opportunities gained the glove is still the best but these are not updated for the 3m open yet because it is not yet concluded but we did see the putter go the other way in round one he did make a run in round two to get back to the cut line and miss it by a stroke i believe given me a stroke not quite, but that's what we're looking at with Lucas Glover. So after the putting switch and the two hot rounds that he had in hot tournaments that he had on the greens, he's now shifted back the other way, back to enormous, normal Lucas Glover range. So Glover, Hideki, and Smalley are all tied for first in opportunities gain. So scoring opportunities. Thomas is still fifth, despite the fact that his game is in shambles. His tee to green, his, his approach play is still actually quite good. Now, Justin Thomas when he's a winner and highly competitive is one of the best players in the world is going to be first or second, almost every single round range that you see in approach. The fact he's only 21st over the past 24 rounds is somewhat problematic for him because he needs to do it. It's like when Morikawa is not, you know, one of the best three iron players in the field, he's not going to probably have that great of a week. Kirk is still up there. Cole, Chez Reeve, Jaeger, and Eckrote. Then it's Siwoo, Palmer, Ryan Moore. Ryan Moore, I believe, has won this event probably like over a decade ago now. But still, if there's going to be courses where Ryan Moore is still competitive, it's one of these ones. Uh, the Wyndham, yeah, he won it in 2009, so 14 years ago. Good course history, 14 years ago for him. And has one other, two other top 10s, 2015, 2018. Did have a top 25 a year ago. And he was pretty good at the Barbasol the last time. You know, he was in a full competitive event um, in terms of stroke play, not Stableford, gained almost gained seven and a half strokes on approach, which is by far the most he has gained in any tournament in quite some time. The 2023 M Open was the last time I think he had gained over 4.1 in a tournament. Now, he misses the cut a lot, so he doesn't really get to bolster up his strokes gained approach numbers. And he did have 3.3 at Pebble Beach when he came seventh earlier this year, and that's only in two rounds of data because there is none at Monterey Peninsula or Spyglass Hill, only at the Pebble Beach golf links. So these are some interesting things to look at. Uh, Eagles, I mean, it's a very short Term. I mean, this is where you can really use the mixed condition model to your advantage, uh, where you can you know type in last 50 rounds for Eagles or 75 rounds and then mesh it with everything else that we have going on. If you want to partic take particular stats and really flesh them out, like if you want who's hot on approach, you can go last 12 rounds on approach, but last 75 holes on Eagles just to create a bigger sample size for yourself. You could do the same thing with putting too. You can go 5 to 10, 10 to 15, past 
12 rounds and 100 rounds to see if there's much of a disparity within there. So he was a hot putter, so he was consistently good from that range over the longer term. That's the best way, I think, to utilize the mixed condition model. Uh, FantasyNational.com slash Mayo, by the way, uh, if you want 20% off. And we do have the swing season coming up after the playoffs, and I've always found that these numbers, the simulations, everything like that, always work better in the swing season rather than when you have all of the best players playing against each other, because it can really help you pick out a diamond from the rough with a lot of these guys. Let's shrink it down to the past 12 rounds now and just try to really capture who has the best recent form and all of the key numbers that we're looking for. Obviously, you can go into your account, stretch it out for as long as you want. You can do the rolling report. We try to mix it up every single week on this research show just to make sure that you, know, you can see all of the tools that it offers and certain things that I want to look for this week. So past 12 rounds, boom. Aaron Rye, still number one. The Glove, Alex Smalley, Shez, and Henley are your top five. Kirk, Siwoo, Denny, Shank, Gim, Grayson, C. He really blew up this week. Sam Burns, Merritt, Merritt, Lowry, Callum Terran, Pendrith. I'll probably end up betting Pendrith again, although he did break my heart. Decent rally on day two, but not quite enough. Trevor Cohn, Ben Griffin, Hadwin, Jagger, Sam Bennett is up there. He had a terrible round two to miss the cut. Uh, Ashke is up there as well. Let's see, Eric Cole. So yeah, guys, in the shorter term, opportunities game, we'll take a look at the same thing. Alex Smalley, Justin Thomas, both tied for number one. Aber, Glover, Reevy, Siwoo, Taron, Matsuyama, Kirk, Zach Blair. I mean, Zach Blair kind of fits the Jim Herman mold if we go into it. I wouldn't overlook Sam Burns either. We did see Herman win the Valspar. He's won here as well. That's a bit of a longer Bermuda course in Florida, uh, you know, but still in the southeast, still same region. So maybe there's a little bit of crossover in that as well. Uh, Ryan Palmer, C.T. Pan, Duff Daddy is still kicking up there. It's all kind of the same name, so no one really jumps off the page as leaping up into this top echelon of everything that's going on right now. Aberg, it's funny. Third in opportunities gained over this range, but 102nd in approach. So when he's hitting it well, he's hitting it super close. When he misses, he's missing by a ton. He is second from uh, second off the tee, been very, very poor putting. Take a look at the best putting. Higgs still remains up there. Higgs, Reavy, Hardy. Reavy is 157th in a field of 156 this week from 5 to 10 putting, but second in 10 to 5, 15 putting. That's kind of crazy to think about. Hadley's been putting really well. Uh, over this condensed frame, as has Hadwin, Brian Gable, well, that's always. Sam Bennett's been putting well. Adam Long has still continued to putt well. Adam Shank, Ryan Moore, Lucas Glover, Davis Love, JT Poston, Harris English. When was the last time Harris English played? I know he withdrew from the Open Championship. I can't remember if he was in the... No, he played in the Open Championship and was terrible. I believe he withdrew from the Scottish Open. Hadn't played since the Travelers before that when he was... Was he defending his title or was that two years ago? Can't even remember now. That was two years ago he had won when he beat Kramer Hickok in that seven-hole playoff. But had played previously well at uh, Wells Fargo, Colonial, the U.S. Open, was second at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. So that's, you know, nice to see, if anything else. Let's jump over and take a look at the Players' Championship, and we'll make a model just of overall strokes gained of Heritage and the Players' Championship to see if there's just a few names that can pop up. Here's what happened at the Players' Championship this year, and we'll take a look at strokes gained overall. And, oh, there's Svensson. Okay. And Svensson won the RSM. Svensson, lock of the century to 
probably missed the cut. But hey, here we are. Uh, Svensson just played very well across the board. Okay. Lingmurth played well across the board that week. I'm just looking at guys in the field. Hideki, obviously. And Hideki was having him. He had a great round one in Minnesota. Not so much the rest of the time. Hoagie played well there, too. Uh, Justin Suh. I mean, this would be a nice breakout spot for Justin Suh. Bez ended up playing really well that week. Hadwin played really well, as did Russell Henley. Aaron Rye was inside the top 20, and he rates out number one in all of the short-term models that we do look at. Eric Cole and Chad Ramey. Right, Ramey ended up losing 9.4 strokes on approach and gained 11.3. You gain 11.3 strokes putting in any tournament, and you finish T27? It's a bad look. Don't like that at all. Lowry played decently well, as did Ben Ann, as did Keith Mitchell, as did Sam Burns. So at least they're showing decent results in a very strong field, obviously. But it's nice to see these names who are you know, of interest to us in this tournament. How did Adam Scott, how has Adam Scott been doing anyway? Adam Scott came T71 at the Players' Championship. He is a player's former Players' Champion, mind you. But we can take a look at it this way now. We'll go back, take a look at strokes gained overall and try to see what we're doing i hope people notice my shirt at the uh, top of the show i bought this for our i mean cust is my teammate in one of the rounds of our Ryder cup but i thought this would inspire him get franz and a cust out on the scene so we'll scroll down we'll look at past 24 rounds now again at fantasynational.com slash mail to get that 20 percent off you can do this among any of the ranges that you want. So we'll take a look at TPC Sawgrass. If you hold the command button on the side is the best way to do this. So command on TPC Sawgrass and Harbor Town Golf Links is what we're looking at for the other one. So boom, we'll just sort past 24 rounds uh, overall. And we'll take a look at the average. So there's guys who have never played ever. Kyle Westmoreland, Crazy Carl Wan, uh, Kevin Yu have zero total nikolai hoygaard has zero total so it's not going to be super efficient for you know finding out who's going to be great in the field but i think it's worth taking a look at that carson young in four rounds of the heritage this year played really well sung jay and this doesn't even include Wyndham stats where we looked at sung jay being great Uh, obviously he is up there despite not winning at either sawgrass or heritage has been very competitive all the time lowry has been up there. Eric Cole in four rounds did play really well. There's Svensson again. So Svensson, Dylan Wu, Aaron Rye, Ben Griffin. Um, and Ben Griffin obviously finished very well at the Wyndham a year ago. So it's nice to see that his numbers correlate with other places. Cam Davis is one that kind of pops up. EVR, good Lord, I don't like that. Who else? Bezadenhout, Russell Henley. And this is all per round strokes gain total. Poston, Adam Scott, Matt Kuchar. Obviously, Kutcher, he's won the players and the heritage. Hadwin, Norin, might give another look to Norin, who rallied nicely in round two to make the cut in Minnesota. You see, Gim Reaper is up there in 22 rounds. Brandon Wu has only six rounds, but has performed very well. Streelman, Denny McCarthy. So a lot of guys that, honestly, I think are going to be pretty popular this week anyway are are all showing why they're probably going to be popular. And just because they're popular doesn't mean you need to fade them. Uh, Strokes gain T to green total at those courses. Thomas, Lowry, Carson Young. That's only four rounds again, so this is an average. Sungjae, EVR. EVR is over 14 rounds as well. I don't know why he's performed so well. Hideki, Aaron Rye, Svensson, Henley, Kirk, Cam Davis, Siwoo, Eric Cole. And this doesn't include Siwoo's second at the Heritage and win at the Players' Championship. That's too far in the past to be counting at this point. Damon Griffin-Gim Sabatini. 
when was the last time? I can't, don't even remember Sabatini playing this year. Usually I see his goofy hat. But uh, let's see. He played Colonial, Wells Fargo, and was 16th at the Valspar. Great year, Rory. Representing Slovakia well, pal. Denny, C.T. Pan. Pan, good course history here. And a win at the Heritage, outrunning Dustin Johnson the year that he won. Although I don't know if that's included in his numbers. It might be too far back. Let's see. Uh, Heritage, ball striking, T degree. Maybe this year. Did he win in 2020? Now, 2020, Webb Simpson ended up winning that year. So, yeah, his win is not included uh, in those numbers whatsoever. So no one really hopping off the page. We can take a look at approach overall. Lowry, Young, Svensson, JT, EVR, Hideki, Rye. So Svensson and Rye, along with Gim and Streelman, of the lower end guys. Because, I mean, you know that Henley's going to be up there you know Sungjae that kind of thing are going to be up there Norin actually rates out really well in terms of the course history that we're looking at at the moment Nick Hardy in approach uh, having a decent week in Minnesota as well Callum Terran Patton Kazire, Libiota, only six rounds. And I wouldn't put too much stock into this, but it's a nice way to try to find a sleeper or two as we're going through it. Obviously, the Heritage was an elevated event this year, so it might not be quite as indicative as we want it to be. Uh, Lowry, congratulations on your almost 10 strokes lost on short game at the Heritage this year, while gaining 2.1 off the tee and 1.5 on approach. Fitz ended up winning. But you can see it's courses where you don't need a lot of length and have to be very strong on approach. That's why we continue to see names between these three events really pop up a lot. So Cam Davis was very good. The gal is not playing, so we don't have to worry about him. Uh, Hayden Buckfuck uh, is out because he's injured right now. Reavy was up there. Even in a strong field, Reavy was able to comport himself very well. Taylor Moore, again, continues to pop up there. Mark Hubbard, all finished T11th. Burns was inside the top 15. Uh, Patrick Rogers was T20 with Russell Henley and Cooch and Bez and Carson Young. Denny was T25. So I'm just looking at the guys that played well. Jimmy Walker was inside the top 25. Shank is there. Ben Griffin was there, T31, Kazire, T31, Bo Hostler, T31, Adam Scott, T31, Woodland, also the same as was Nasty, Nate, Lashley. So if we're just trying to get a little bit of crossover and some sense memory of who did pretty well, we'll take a look at Svensson, who was T41. And I do want to take a look at the RSM because that was more indicative of the field that we're going to get this week and take a look at who did well there uh, at the Sea Island courses, both Seaside and the Plantation. So Ta- Callum Terran was second. Chris Stroud, Seamus Power. Damon was fifth, and Damon popped up on those cross Players' Championship, RBC Heritage as well. I mean, that's in, what, Savannah? It's pretty close. to Sea Island's pretty close, at least in terms of golf proximity and the conditions and green types that you're going to find in the southeast. Bermuda Greens, very close to the Heritage, even in length as well. Alex Smalley was inside the top five. Who else do we got here? Lingmurth uh, did well at the players, did well here. Patrick Rogers. Maybe this is Patrick Rogers' redemption season. Who knows? It'd be great for him. Sung Yil No, Montgomery, and Taylor Sig. That's when Taylor Montgomery couldn't not finish inside the top 15. Pendrith played well. Poston played well. Hostler played well. Benny Martin. Harry Eggs is up there. We saw Kisner. It's probably his best result in 10 years. Coming inside the top 30 at a tournament. Ben Griffin. We see there's Zach Blair as well. 
Okay, Patton Kazire, another decent performance. Crazy Carl had no experience at the other courses, but did come inside the top 40. That's nothing to write home about, but you just do want to see indications of players playing well at all these different crossover events. You see Denny and Jim Herman are, are, are just kind of popping up inside the top 52. Like, when was the last time Herman was any good? It was this, right? He was T14 at Honda. It's a short Bermuda. Okay, so short Bermuda at the RSM, T46. He just has a bunch of missed cuts basically everywhere else on it. Puerto Rico, he was seventh in 2022. Great news for old Jim Herman. Then he had a decent run until the Wyndham. He actually made a few cuts in a row coming in in 2021. But that was kind of it for him. Uh, but those are the types of players where if they flash form at one of these places anywhere, <laughs> uh, that it's probably pretty decent to look at. Uh, Detroit's probably a decent one to look at as well, more so than the Tour Championship in terms of Donald Ross designs, only because all of the best players play at the Tour Championship, where relatively none of the best players play in this tournament historically, just because it's the last event before the playoffs when guys are going to start playing three weeks in a row. But we can sort by Donald Ross past 24 rounds, and we can even shrink that down a little bit as well to take a look at more recent form, um, and this will include the Wyndham Championship. So if we take a look at the averages, strokes gain total overall. Taylor Moore uh, on Donald Ross courses. And you can see, if you just click on the rounds, Rocket Mortgage, Wyndham, Rocket Mortgage. Shockingly enough, Taylor Moore has not yet qualified for the Tour Championship. So that's including two rounds, and he played really well there this year. Pendrith is number two. Crazy Carl, number three in terms of strokes gain total. Kirk, Ben Griffin, Hoygaard. I actually kind of like Crazy Carl this week. I mean, he was winning on Corn Ferry, and he won a lot on Corn Ferry. He was mainly at really low scores in Birdie Fest. Hoygaard is up there in only four rounds. Ben Griffin in eight rounds is inside the top five with Chris Kirk. Cam Davis. All right, there's another Cam Davis sighting, this time at Donald Ross courses. Cam Davis and Svensson. Uh, they're probably going to open like anywhere between 50 and 80 to 1. Uh, I think they're pretty decent looks this week. Uh, if you're you know, trying to find an outright winner, lower merit. Uh, MJ Duffy. Uh, Duffy is only four rounds, of course, and we're taking an average here. Uh, he was on, he's been on a pretty nice run. I don't think he quite came through with Barbasol. No clue how he finished at 3M. You still have Callum Terran, Vince Norman, Sam Bennett. Uh, Terran does have 12 rounds of coverage here. And then you're down to like post in. These are all the players who gain around a stroke total per round. If we just go to T to green, uh, it's Pendrith by far over Taylor Moore. They're at two strokes gain T to green per round and 1.7 T to green per round. Even Pendrith on approach at these courses in 12 rounds, mind you. Uh, listen, he's just had great runs at Rocket Mortgage and Wyndham. Uh, over the past year or so. So maybe it's time to jump back on board. People would be pretty pissed off. I mean, I am. I bet on him this week, and he sucked. Uh, I have no problem going back to him. He's an inconsistent player, so I'm not too worried about that. Uh, on approach, Norman and Nicolet Echeverria, in only two rounds, probably in Detroit, are the only players gaining over a stroke per round on approach. Aaron Ryan Lipsky and Harrison Endicott and Crazy Carl are just after. It's only eight rounds for Aaron Rye. Let's shrink that down to 12 rounds as our sample and see if there's a few other names who kind of spike up a little bit or spike down a little bit, depending on when they recently played some Donald Ross courses. So total now is Taylor Moore, Jaeger, Pendrith, Henley, and Cam Davis. Hadwin is in there, probably fueled by his success in Detroit earlier this year. Sungjae pops up all of a sudden. Ben Griffin, Chris Kirk, and Siwoo are all still hanging out around the same spot. Uh, Crazy Carl is down to eighth, but still gaining over two strokes 
total per round on the Donald Ross courses. See, Sam Bennett's been pretty good over a stroke per round. Aaron Rye bumps down a little bit in terms of strokes gained total, but still very good uh, gaining a stroke per round inside the top 20, and he gets boosted a lot when we just sort by T to green. He's inside the top 10 as a CT pan. Vince Norman, Steven Yeager gets a big boost up uh, in terms of T to green versus strokes gained total. So does Troy Merritt. Russell Henley is now number one. Um, T to green. So that's interesting. He's getting zero strokes putting in his past 12 rounds at Ross courses, but averaging 2.3 strokes T to green over that time, which is the best of any player in the field over Pendrith, Cam Davis, Troy Merritt, and Taylor Moore. And Yagabombs is up there as well. So that's sort of the rudimentary way that I am looking at this tournament this week. Uh, I did factor in putting because not factoring in putting, especially inside 15 foot putting, really burned me this week at the 3M. But that's just kind of how it rolls sometimes. So let's guess the odds for the Wyndham Championship. I think it's going to be very difficult because I don't know how they're going to, because this is a tournament that's not, it has no elite, elite players. Because Justin Thomas, net playing elite right now. Neither is Hideki, neither is Sungjae, neither is Lowry. Like they would be considered the elite of this field. But are we going to factor in recent form? Are we going to factor in course history? Or are we just going to factor in name value that goes along with it? So I've tried to incorporate all three of those things. But the fun part about Guess the Odds is, they're not the real odds, so you don't have to bet these odds. Oh, I don't think that he's going to be 18 to 1. I think that he is going to be 22 to 1. Well, that's great. You can bet it at 22 to 1 if that's what it is. I don't really care. But here's what I am seeing right now as we go into it. I think Sungjae will be the favorite at 14 to 1, while co-favorite with Hideki. I think they'll both be 14 to 1. After that, I have Shane Lowry at 18 to 1. I have JT at 20. He'll probably fall as the week goes along, but I think they will open him at a higher, at a lower, higher number to gauge the interest in Justin Thomas this week. Because if he doesn't have a good week, he is out of the playoffs. And he basically has no chance of making the Ryder Cup team at that point because he won't have the tournaments to turn his game around and show that he has anything going on. Brian Harmon getting one of the auto spots is really throwing a monkey wrench into the entire Justin Thomas feels for the Ryder Cup team because you can't take him now because you weren't going to take Herman but now you have to take him so this is the situation that he's left with maybe he goes over and plays Europe maybe he says fuck it and uh you know I'll take the I'll take September off reevaluate my game maybe come back with a clearer mind heading into next season so I have him at 20 I have Burns at 22 I have Henley at 25 the same as Denny the same as Adam Scott I have Siwoo at 30, Aberg at 45. I think those are going to be the favorites. That doesn't necessarily mean there's other guys that are not going to penetrate up inside the top 40, top 35, top 30 to 1, whatever it might be. And I'm just, you know, I have a blind spot for who those guys may be. But I think that this is the way that it's going to shake down for the Wyndham Championship. Check back on Monday and watch the show, by the way, with myself and Jeff Feinberg to get the Listener's League link and our terrible bets for the week. We're almost done in the one and if he now can come back, I might be able to catch Cust in the one and done, which would be very nice after he's already declared himself the winner, which would be very on brand for things to happen to Timonda Cust. But other than that, we have football twice next week, full running back rankings, full wide receiver rankings with Chris Meany in studio. And with Tambo on vacation, we will have Ben Raza on the line to break down DraftKings for the Wyndham Championship with myself on Wednesday and maybe, just maybe, a special show on Friday for you fans of the Challenge reality show, Fantasy League. I'm working to get a preview ready for Friday because I miss the Challenge. I miss talking about the Challenge, and I know, like, 
3% of you watching care about that as well. But hey, sometimes I got to do some shows that are one for me. And with so much football content and so much golf content over the next three weeks before it's full-time football, you know, it's nice to break it up with the challenge just a little bit. And we'll have a free to play in fantasy league as well. That will do it for me. Smash the like on the way out. Hit the winner down in the description, which would just be very nice. I'll see you next time. Experience! Experience!